I have to be honest with you, and I don't mean to be kind of graphic, but I would rather pull a tooth without anesthesia than move. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's kind of graphic, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I'm just kind of wired that way. I'm not a mover kind of guy. I, I kind of lean towards now. I, now you know, just my sin nature makes me want to give up real easy. But but just God's work in my life and kind of my personality, I like to find a groove, to find a good place, to to find where I'm supposed to be, and just stay there and just do that. In general, kind of going in a different direction. I don't like one of the phrases we use at our house: "Going through stuff." Okay, <laughs> that's you know that's just not that, that that just fire me up. You know, yard sales and and let's go let's go through the closet and, and let's go through the garage. And on the other hand, I hear some of you snickering because some of you are the opposite, aren't you? Some of you like change. You got a restless spirit, especially you know we talk about the military. Sometimes when people been in the military, you kind of get used to kind of going from different stations and kind of just you know pacing yourself like that in life and so sometimes you see that people uh different people have that kind of a little bit more of a i like to change i like a different location i like these i like to maybe some of you say I like to clean out closets i can't imagine why i like yard sale but, but more power to you if that's i like sorting through things i like looking through that stuff raise your hand if you're one of those people okay all right now somebody write their names down because we're going to need you in the next few days all right did somebody get that keep those get those keep those hands up okay if you like it so much, we want to bless you. Amen? <laughs> okay. But whether we like to move or not, there are times in our lives that require us to move. It might be a change in your family. It might be a divorce. It might be the loss of a loved one. It might be a change in a job situation. Maybe you lost your job or, or maybe you had a better opportunity to open up and you've accepted that opportunity. It might even be a change in God's direction for your life, which, by the way, helps to challenge me in that, that change is not necessarily, even though I struggle with it, change is not necessarily what? It's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Maybe you're going through a time like that in your life. We certainly are as a church family. And certainly what God is doing in our church family is a good thing. God is changing lives. I just shared that another person this week has accepted Christ. Praise the Lord. God is transforming. And not just that people are receiving Christ, but weekly people are telling me, almost daily, someone is telling me, hey, in my growth group or in Celebrate Recovery or in what we're talking about in, in, our, in, our, in our, 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 our worship services together, God is speaking to me. God's changing me. God's working in my life. And he's giving us, thank God, with this move, more room to do that. We are so blessed to be able to be in the position that we're in. But you know what? When you're moving, there is some getting ready to do. And that's what we're going to talk about together this weekend. Whether it's in your own life, whether you kind of sense there's a little bit of a drumbeat in the camp, you know, you can kind of sense, okay, there's a kind of a little bit of a call. We're getting ready to move out here. We're getting ready to do some different things or whether it's considering what God's doing in our midst together here at New Hope. We're going to talk about getting ready to move. We're going to look at Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. The series is actually in Joshua chapters 1 through 6, and last time it's called Moving Forward. And last time in Joshua chapter 1, we were talking about the beginning of a new day in our lives. We talked about there does come a time to move sometimes. And we talked about that God promises is as we move forward that He's going to go with us. And we talked about some of the keys that God does in our lives, some of the key things that God wants to do in our lives, so that as we move forward, all that's going to go well. If you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to that message. 
But right after that, we see God's people beginning to get ready. In fact, immediately after that, if you read Joshua 1, verses 10 through 16, you see some of those preparations begin to happen. And then in Joshua 2, kind of a story, maybe if you grew up in Sunday school, you might remember the story about Rahab and the spies. Some of you may remember that story. Joshua 2 is that story about how, how they sent spies into that land to kind of begin to, again, get ready, begin to prepare. And then we get to Joshua chapter 3. And just as they're about to literally take the steps of moving forward, they experience, I believe, some of their most important preparation. And I believe they're going to be helpful for us to look at. So let's look at Joshua 3, starting in verse 1. The first thing that shows up might surprise you is God prepares them to move forward with the next big step in their lives. He brings up something that we and they probably would probably not think of. Sometimes when God moves us, he speaks to us, first of all, about being still. Write that down. God speaks to us in verse 1 about being still before we move. Sometimes, even though, and this is a challenge for us, because as we're sort of stirring, right, moving, we said that we're, there's kind of a drumbeat going through the camp, so you kind of begin to sense an expectation and anticipation, but the Bible seems to indicate that that's what God was doing in their life in verse 1. This is what it says. It says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before they crossed. And then in verse 2, it tells us that they stayed there for three days. Now, I realize that what we're talking about here is counterintuitive for us. Okay, When we think about moving, we're thinking about more work, not less, right? We're thinking about, okay, if we're moving, this is not going to be a very relaxing time. This is not going to be the most restful time of my life. In fact, if anything, it's going to be one of the times in my life when I'm going to have to be the most on it. There are seasons of our life that are a little more challenging, and moving usually requires, this is not going to be breather time. This is going to be, okay, let's kind of perk up here. Let's get ready. We've all got to work together. You know, I was thinking about this thing here in verse 1 the other day in regards to God's work in our life. I believe that possibly... One of the things that Christians today neglect, one of the big things in God's Word that He emphasizes that many Christians neglect without a second thought is the Sabbath principle. Many Christians do not even know about it or even consider it. But you know what? The Sabbath reminds us, listen friends, God does not need my efforts. Did you know that? God, does, God is not in need of moving help. I mean, he could, if he wanted to, he can do all of it by himself. The Bible, the Sabbath idea reminds us that I can be still sometimes and the world will still keep turning. Did you know that? Are you with me? Are you guys tracking? I can be still, but God can still be working. That God can still provide for me when I'm not doing something that looks American productive. It reminds me of that, that God is the one who does the work. Now, sometimes He works through my effort, right? God works through me as His servant, and we're going to talk about that more in just a moment. But the Sabbath reminds us that God really didn't need me all along. And it also reminds me that sometimes I need to rest. It reminds me that sometimes I need to worship. Sometimes I need to stop and pay attention. Now, why are we doing all this? 
Have you ever been in the midst of just a lot of flurry of activity with your kids or your family or at work? And you say, wait just a second, time out. Whose idea was this? Does anybody even want to do it anymore? Why are we doing this? It's kind of like that in our relationship with God. But even more important, we need to stop sometimes, really after some work. But listen, and many people don't realize this, many times we need to stop before some more work. Did you hear that? The Sabbath is not only an ending of some things, it's getting ready for the beginning of some things. And yet as Americans, many times we are convinced that we must be moving. In fact, some of you right now feel guilty You're debating even now as you're sitting here while I'm talking about it. You're daydreaming, thinking, I don't know if I really should have came to church tonight because I had what? So much to what? So much to do, especially in a moving situation. And you know what? There does come a time to move. There does come a time to organize. Right now in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Anybody ever heard the story of Mary and Martha? Okay, well, we kind of give Martha a hard time, but hey, thank God for some Marthas, amen? Thank God that somebody was in the kitchen. Thank God that somebody was thinking about some supper being ready or the house being nice. Thank God for that. There does come a time to be like Martha, but before that, God's not saying we shouldn't be like Martha. He's saying it's more important, first of all, to spend some time at his feet like Mary was. And the problem is that does not come natural to us. But sometimes it's what we need right before God is about to move us forward. If it helps you workers out there to understand it a little better, you'll be ready, more ready to do all the moving work if you put on your to-do list, before I start packing, let me press pause for just a minute. Does that help you a little bit? If you're a worker, put it on your list, okay? One of the things I'm supposed to do is be still for just a second before God moves me out. Now, as I think about the children of Israel for three days, listen, let's use a little sanctified imagination here, okay? Let's let's, let's look at the word. It doesn't say what they were doing for three days, but don't you just wonder what they were doing for three days? I mean, think about it for just, what were they doing? They were getting ready to experience something that generations of their family, the promises that God had given to his people throughout the centuries, they were getting ready. And all of a sudden, they're sitting there by the Jordan River going, we've got to wait three days. What do you think they were doing? I think some of them probably were relaxing. They were probably sitting by the fire. They were probably looking into the fire and they were probably reflecting back on all that God had done. They were probably thinking about back on their grandparents and the promises that they had hoped for and they had longed for. And now I'm getting to see it. Why did I get to be a part of this? Don't you think they were probably thinking of that? Maybe some of them were looking at the Jordan River, which was, the Bible says here in a few verses, was overflowing its banks. And maybe some of them were dealing with their fears. Hey, God, you could have let us across when it was a little bit of a drought time. Amen? I mean, I would have been glad to wade up to my knees. But why does it have to be overflowing its banks? Maybe God was giving them some time before they went rushing in to think about some of those. You know, I think some of them were probably just having fun. Can't you just see? If you had a million, some say there are as many as a couple million people here. Okay, if you had that many people, everybody's going to respond differently, aren't they? There's going to be some people sitting by the fire, looking in the fire, reflecting back. There's going to be some people that are, that are kind of, you know, worried about how's this going to work and see the river. And there's probably some people that are just playing games. They're playing board games. 
They were, they were playing music. They were dancing. They were having fun. They were laughing. They were rejoicing. They were enjoying this time with God and with the people around them. For all those reasons and many more, I'm sure the Lord thought it was important for them just for a moment to be still before it all happened. So I want to ask you tonight, is God doing something significant in your heart? Is God doing something? He certainly is in our midst together. And if so, are you tempted to just kind of get going with it? Are you tempted to just kind of, you know, okay, it's time. Let's make something happen here. And maybe God would just challenge us here to maybe in these days find a place just to be still. Just get a cup of coffee. Just go for a hike. Hey, you know what? I've done this a couple of times. Just go over on our new property and just walk around a little bit. Just walk on the backside and just look at what God's doing. Just to soak it in a little bit. Amen? Just to realize in these days with all the activity that's going on, God, what are you doing? And to praise Him for it or to, or to work through it, to get off by yourself and just to let God speak to you. So this is important. Before we move forward, being still before we move. We need that, but there does come a time and all you doers say, Amen, we're waiting for it. And we've been sitting around. All right, but now it's time. Let's go, people. We got stuff to do. Amen? All right, well, this is for you. In verses 2 through 4, organizing everybody to move out. We're getting ready to move. There, there, there's, it's important for us to be still for just a moment, but, but there comes a time when it's time to begin putting things together. We should consider the bigger picture. But you know what? Now, listen. Some of you people that aren't so much doers, typically we, we kind of lean towards either, either being task-oriented or relational, right? Relationship-oriented. And that doesn't mean people that are relationship-oriented can't do tasks. And that doesn't mean people that are task-oriented don't like people, okay? That's not what it's saying. But we kind of have leanings, right? All right, well, the relational-leaning people need to realize that, yes, it's good to spend time with God like Mary. Spend time with God. Spend time with each other. But God lives in real life, too. And sometimes there's just some what? Work to do. It's time to act. If you want to put it this way, it's time to put some feet to your prayers. Amen? <laughs> Let's look at several of those things here in verses 2 through 4. It says in verse 2, At the end of three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. However, there shall be between you and it a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. A cubit was about a foot and a half. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Okay, so God says, okay, the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol among God's people of God's presence among His people, it says it's going to lead out, but He mentions several things that are important to hear. First of all, He talks about the importance of leaders in verse 2. It says, after three days of camping out, the Lord sent some leaders through the camp. Now listen again, this is going to be encouraging to you guys that are more organized, that think more about, okay, what's the process? And it is important for us to realize these ideas that we come up with, we didn't come up with them. God is a God of organization. God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos and confusion. He's the one that comes up with, okay, here's a plan. Even the feeding of the 5,000, if you go back and read those stories, they broke them down into what? They broke them down to groups, into smaller groups of people. And they said, okay, you're going to go do this group. You're going to go do that group. And that's how God does things. The Lord sent leaders throughout the camp. Those leaders knew what the, what was, what the plan was. Now, who, who, who had God given the plan to? Back in chapter 1, chapter 2, 
We say God had given the plan to Joshua. Joshua had apparently communicated that to the other leaders, and they went through the camp sharing that with the others. Now, I want to bring out something here. If you watch the role of leaders in God's Word, it's very important that as we progress as a church family, as God raises up different roles that we all have, and some of you are going to, going to be in, in roles that are leadership kind of roles, to be honest with you, we're nervous about calling it leadership here at New Hope. It's more like servant leaders, okay, because we need to always remember what I'm about to say. Many times I've heard people say, yeah, my husband made deacon at our church. He made it. Or, or I got, I got uh, installed as a trustee, and I'm so honored. You know? And, and, you know, in a sense, I mean, it is a blessing to be encouraged that, that someone sees that God can use you in a certain way. But many times when I hear people say that, it's almost like they got rewarded. They got like this prize, like they were so special that they got lifted up above, above everybody else. You do not see that whatsoever in God's Word. We made that up. The leader thing, if anything, is a responsibility thing. Thank God it is a privilege. It's an incredible privilege to be able to be a part of helping to organize and say, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do that together. And God's going to gift some of you in that way, and He's going to use you in those ways. But we need to always remember it's more about function than position. Okay, Nobody has a position, but, but God gives us roles. He gives us different places in the body. And sometimes He raises up those leaders like here. And as we continue to grow... God's going to tap some of you on the shoulder and say, hey, I want to use you in that kind of a way. We need to continue to grow with leaders. But something the leaders did is also important. Verses 3 and 4, the importance of communication. How important is communication? How frustrated do you get at your job because there's no communication? How frustrated do you get in your family? Okay, no amens because your spouse is around, all right? <laughs> How frustrated do you get in your family because when are we going to talk? Where is there some communication? They said some specific things to the people. They gave them. Listen, it's the difference between chaos and something significant happening. I mean, what if they just all started walking? They, okay, the Jordan River was overflowing, right? It's banks, remember? Okay, that's not a good plan. We need to figure out how God said we need to do this. And so the leader said, okay, here's what you're going to see, and when you see this, here's how it's going to work. And specifically, like I said, they said, okay, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the God's presence, by the way, isn't that a great reminder? Who's going first? God's going first. Okay, God's going out first. Amen, amen. We want Him out there. Amen? Okay. He's going out first, and they said, okay, now you guys stay 2,000 cubits. Somebody's good with math. 18 inches, 2,000 cubits would be how many feet? 3,000 feet, a bunch, right? It'd be 3,000 feet. It'd be about 1,000 yards. It'd be, a little bit, it'd be a little over just roughly half a mile, okay? Now, I don't know specifically why they said that. It might be because of symbolic of God's holiness, okay? Uh, we need to be, be kind of give some space for God to go way first, Amen? But he does say, because you've not been this way before, maybe it's because there were so many people, he needed to kind of get out front for everybody to be able to see him out there. I don't know if it was a practical thing or if it was a holiness thing or maybe a little bit of both. But the point is this. Thank God he raised up some leaders and they worked together and they communicated the plan. Church family, as we continue to grow, listen to me. Listen, you know my heart. 
We never want to be like about uh, rules and regulations and policies and procedures. Oh my goodness, you know, that is not why we're doing this stuff. Amen. We're not just writing a bunch of rules and regulations. We're not, we're not just doing a bunch of stuff. But as we grow, we will have to figure out ways to communicate and to share things so that we can all do what? Move forward together. So we'll have to figure that out. And then he talks about the role of participation. Look at verses 3 and 4. He says, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to all work together. We're, we're going to all move out at the same time. And everybody's going to go and cross together. You know, it's really awesome when you begin to understand that God has set up a pattern so that everybody can be part of what he's doing. Write down 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. And listen, when I mention these verses to you in the message, it's not just because, you know, I got to fill, fill some space in the message. If I give you a verse, there's a reason I gave it to you. You need to go back and read 1 Corinthians 12. You need to go back and read Ephesians 4. These are some of the most beautiful passages in the Bible to say, listen, it is not the same without you. That's what God's saying in those passages. And when God's people all work together and everybody's participating, it is a beautiful thing. I got to tell you what. I was so moved. Like, talk about pausing and sitting still, okay? I think it was right after I stepped on one of the flowers, so I thought I needed to kind of stand still for just a minute. Over at the landscaping last week, okay? <laughs> I stopped for just a minute. I backed up, and I just watched. And I was like, this is awesome. This is amazing. Are you kidding me? Guys, do you realize? People drove by, and they told me later last week, they said, I cannot believe what I saw when I drove by there. I could not believe how many people I saw. And I could not believe that that morning there was no landscaping. And by that evening, it was done. Are you kidding me? And people from the community told me that. They said, wow, you guys, man, y'all got something going on. It, it, it says something, doesn't it? It says, there were those leaders, there were, there were some people that came out, you may not know this, you might have just been putting a, a, a plant in the ground and thought that it just all, it just, that happened that way. But you know what? There's some people that came out the day before and plotted that plant out. And they got things ready, and they told the rest of us where the supplies were, and they made sure everything was there. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And God, praise God, to Him be the glory. Because <laughs> we can never get together and do something that amazing without Him helping us to do it. There's no doubt. Church family, that ought to be an example to us of what we can do if our leaders listen to God and, and we continue to get better at communicating what God is saying, how God is leading us out, and if we all answer that call. Landscaping was great, but there's a whole lot more over the next four to six weeks. We're going to have to really work together to move out and to go somewhere that God's taking us. And by the way, let's don't just let that be for landscaping. For a building project hey hey would you just get a glimpse here for just a moment what if this church was that serious i i think we are i hope we are but if we were what could we do if we really got serious about getting together to fulfill god's mission of sharing the good news we could really make an impact amen we really could thank god he has done a lot through us, but I think it's just a glimpse of what He has for, b before us in the future. And let me make this prediction, okay? If everyone that God leads to new hope, and don't put in parentheses except me, if everyone that God leads to new hope will get serious about what is my part in this, 
you will not believe what we're going to see together. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. God is awesome and He works through His body. He wants to work through you. He can do it by Himself, but sometimes He won't. Did you hear me? He can do it by Himself, but sometimes He won't if I don't. But if we ever begin thinking, somebody else will do it. And by the way, again, that's one of the challenges of growing. We're going to have some mass. We're going to see more people come to know the Lord. We're going to see more people get involved in We're going to have a temptation of, oh, well, somebody else can do this or do that. If we do that, I guarantee you, you're going to see less and less impact for the Lord. If every one of us will say, God, I want to be a part. What is my part? You led me here. I want to be a part of what you're doing to this church family. Watch out to what God wants to do. There comes a time to move out, and we're there. Are you ready to answer that call? And then the last thing goes back to the spiritual again. Look at verse 5, letting God prepare our hearts. I love it that the first one, or, or that one of these things is practical, that middle one we just talked about, but I love it that two of them, two out of the three, are more spiritual focused because that's really God's focus. Really, more His work in our hearts. What we saw in verse 1 was not so much, I think, directed specific instruction on getting spiritually ready. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't think verse 1 was so much God saying, okay, we're going to have a spiritual experience here. I think God was just giving them some space to breathe and soak it in, okay? Just giving in kind of an indirect way, let's be still and let me work in each one of your lives and react in the different ways about what's happening. But here in verse 5, it gets more direct. So look at verse 5. It says, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves. I hope you're listening. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. God gave them a command. He said, I want you to consecrate yourself. What does that word mean? It means to separate yourself. It means, actually, it's kind of a basic word for holiness. Okay, I want you to be holy. I want you to be dedicated. Maybe the best way to understand it is like this, okay? Dedicate yourself fully to God during this time. Did you hear that? God's doing something. He's taking us somewhere. Are you ever just sort of, uh, you know, sailing along through life and not paying attention? You ever do that? Okay, God knows that. He says, don't do that right now. Don't do that right now. Right now, check it out, make sure, watch your heart, are you fully devoted, are you fully committed, let your life be in a position that God can work in your life right now. And why did he say that? He says, because very soon, tomorrow, God is going to do wonders in your midst. The word wonders means something that's beyond you. I love that. Hey, you know what? Who wants to sign up for that kind of life? I only get one life to live. And you know what? I've lived enough of it in my own strength. I'd like to see some things that are beyond me. How about you? He says, get ready. Make sure that your heart is right with God. Consecrate yourselves. Let God be working today because tomorrow God's going to do some things that are difficult for you to fathom. Difficult for you to imagine. God's going to do something wonderful. And I like to... I like to uh, to, uh, to say the word extraordinary, I like to say it extraordinary. Okay? God's going to do something extraordinary. Not ordinary. He's going to do something extraordinary tomorrow. So what's God saying? I'm doing something special. 
I'm moving you forward to a new stage in your walk with me. And during that time, I want you to make sure that you're especially focused on me because if you're not, you might what? You might miss it. You know what I've begun to realize? God is God. He has a purpose. He has a plan. He's going to work that plan out. Amen? The question is, am I going to see it and be a part of it? Did you know that right now God is doing some of the most amazing things He's ever done in the life of our church family? Some things that in your lifetime you're going to say, wow, that was a period of my life when God was working in our church family, that's a period that I go back to and I say, that was a special, special time in my life. But it's entirely possible that it could happen and you miss it. Are you right now the kind of person? God was saying to them, are you right now the kind of people that if I were doing something, you would even see it? Isn't it possible that God can be at work around us and we not notice? It happened all throughout the New Testament, didn't it? Jesus, God in the flesh, you would say, oh, if Jesus were here right now, there's no way I'd miss him. Well, apparently people who thought they were really close to God missed when God was in their presence. So God help me, amen? God help me. God help me to make sure my heart really is right, that my heart really is open to you. And let's think about that. What would cause us to miss it? What would keep us from being devoted or dedicated to God in the midst of Him working? Write these things down. First of all, is there sin in your life? What does the Bible say sin does? Sin separates us from God, doesn't it? Okay, it causes blockages. Now, ultimately, if you're a child of God, if you've received Christ as your Savior, ultimately you cannot be completely blocked off from God. But the way I think of it is kind of like, and I don't know if this really works for y'all, but I think of it a lot like plumbing, okay? Sometimes... I mean, there's still a little trickle coming through, but there's a, there's a big wad of junk in there that's really keeping the water from coming through, okay? So ultimately, if you want to think about it that way, ultimately, there will always be a trickle if you're a child of God. You're never going to lose that ultimate connection, but sometimes the flow is a little bit stronger than others, right? And actually, if you read this story a little bit further, probably a little further than we're going to go in this series, right down Joshua chapter 7, there was a guy who needed to hear this his name was Achan. Achan's heart wasn't right when they were crossing over. And because of that, he made some decisions that affected him and his family and really God's people for a time in a very, very negative way. Big consequences. Is God, listen friend, is God saying to you, I'm doing you a favor. I, I mentioned to you last week, don't say, oh yeah, when we get to our new facility, when we get to this other place, yeah, that's when I'm going to make that decision. That's when I'm going to get baptized. That's when I'm going to accept Christ. That's when I'm going to take that step of faith. Don't say that because if God is working in your life on this side, he must be preparing you so that you'll be in a better position for wherever you're going to be then. So don't wait for that. Okay, the second question is this, is self at the forefront of your life instead of God and others. I know, I've heard, uh, and, and I'm not trying to criticize this, but I've heard that there's, a, there's an organization now, I Am Second, something like that. Actually, I think I would want to start I Am Third because actually it's Jesus, others, then yourself, right? Well, Mr. Howie told me before, that's how you have joy, right, Howie? Jesus, others, and yourself. That's how you have joy in your life, Okay. Well, self always gets in the way. 
Most of the work that God does in my life and, and through me as his servant and helping other people in their lives is just dealing with getting self dead. <laughs> Crucified to self and alive to Christ. Selfishness. If I'm focused on what this is going to mean for me, how this is going to benefit me, having things go my way, that's going to get in the way. If I'm focused on self-sufficiency, oh my goodness, I've got to come up with this much money or I've got to give this much time or I've got to sacrifice this instead of focusing on what God can do through me, that's going to get in the way. I talked with someone last week who was sharing about a big need in their life. And I told this person, I said, you know what, I can, I can only imagine if I had that need in my life, I would be totally like freaking out. Yeah, I'm going to pray for you about that. The next week I saw that person again and I said, hey, I've been praying for you about that need. And they said, oh my goodness, you will not believe this. This was like a huge, like thousands of dollars. They said, you will not believe this. And they share with me how it was provided. I said, you know what, God did that for you. Because this person had told me, they said, I'm going to have to quit taking vacation. I'm going to have to start working during the holidays. I'm going to have to start doing overtime. I'm going to have to start doing this and doing that. And I told this person, I said, you know what? God was trying to say to you, if you will trust in me, I will provide for you. I will give you hours that you did not even know you had. I don't want you working that hard. I don't want you doing it by yourself. I can do a lot more than you can do on your own. Amen? Third thing is, is there a small faith? So is there sin in your life that's blocking what God wants to do? Is there self that kind of is messing up your focus, your, your understanding, your vision of what's happening? And is there small faith? Or do you struggle to believe that God can do what He's calling you, calling us to do? Hey, let's just be honest. Do you struggle sometimes? If we were here and the Jordan River was right there where we're camped out and I had three days to think about it, I could probably find lots of ways to stew over. I don't see that happening. Amen? <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, it's part of why I just keep moving. Because if I ever stop and think about it long enough, I would say, what have I gotten myself into? Amen? <laughs> Small faith. It can keep you from experiencing what God has for you. Let God search your heart today. God... And be honest with him. I tell him sometimes, Lord, I'm struggling to trust you. Mark 9, I believe, help my unbelief. That's what the guy said. God, I'm struggling. I want to, Lord. You know my heart. I want to, but I'm having a hard time. God, will you help me? Amen? Nothing wrong with that honest prayer. God, I'm not doubting you. I'm not turning away from you. I'm just saying, God, I'm struggling. I'm weak here. Help that not to bind me. Help that not to trip me up. Help that not to keep me from crossing over. God's moving us forward as a church family. In the midst of that, is God saying to some of you, be still. Just stop for a second and soak it all in. I believe He'd be honored by that, don't you? Just ride over to the new facility and just say, what does this mean, God? What did you do? What are you doing? Maybe... Maybe when the building's clear sometime, walk through here and think about things that God's done in your life. Maybe sit down. You know what I do sometimes? I come in here, I sit in a chair. I just sit here and I look at the cross. I just think about God working in some of you guys' lives or what God's wanting to say to my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just be still sometimes and know that He is God. Psalm 46, verse 10. Maybe God's saying to some of you, okay, that was a nice break. <laughs> but it's time. Let's go. All right, get your running gear on. Go buy some packing tape. Go by Hanford, get some boxes. 
Get your truck filled up with gas. We're going to need you. Next couple weeks, it's time to move out. All hands on deck. Just don't spiritualize it. Let's go do it. And I believe God would say to all of us, is your heart ready? Because you know what? You have no business crossing over the Jordan River. You have no business going to 454 Corinth Road to do more work for me, to see more of my work in your life if your heart's not ready yet. I believe God's leading us through this passage because He's doing some of the same things He wanted to do in their lives. And some of the same cautions He gave them are some of the things we need to think about. Would you take the opportunity tonight to take the Lord up on that and receive that? I'm going to ask you to bow for just a moment and let's think about what the Lord's saying to us tonight. Getting ready to move. As a body, maybe even in your own life. What is God saying to you tonight? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you know how you've wired us. You know how we operate, how we work. You know the processes that we go through, the things that we need to think about, the challenges that we face, the struggles, the sin, the self, the small faith, all those things, Lord, and more. I thank you that as we're gearing up here, Lord, it's just happening. It's, it's, it's about to happen in a major way. God, I pray that we would just take whatever you're trying to say to us to heart tonight. Lord, thank you for these precious people that I look at tonight who have a heart for you. But Father, all of us need to grow. And we're here right now, this time, for a reason. So speak to us and take us that next step. And Lord, continue to lead us as a church family. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to do it. And even if we did know what to do and how to do it, we can't do it. We don't have the ability to do it without Almighty God going before us. So precious Lord, we we put you out front. Before we start marching, we want to make sure our eyes are on you. And Father, I pray if there's somebody here in this room that has never trusted their life to Jesus, I pray that tonight they'd realize that's it, Lord. That's, That's what it's all about. That's why we're doing all this stuff. That's why we're trying to grow and get stronger and be more effective. And, and all the things that we're doing, Lord, is, is because we want to be better witnesses for you and to share the good news about Christ and the cross and the resurrection and eternal life. And Lord, if there's someone here that does not know for certain that their sins have been forgiven, I pray that tonight they would call upon you and ask you to have mercy on their life and to forgive them and come in and be their Savior. We would praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Jeff leads us. I'm going to invite you just to worship the Lord together with me. You talk to God if you need to or if you need to talk with someone, I'd be glad to help you. So stand together.